Y'all gonna be tired of me after today. Um, there's something that's been on my heart for the last couple weeks, and I don't normally speak. Um, I'm, I'm better back there than I am up here, but um, it's about redemption and the lifelong journey, your spiritual journey, of which redemption is the first step. Um, anyone who's taken long journeys know that things happen on long journeys. Everything will be going well, and then you'll hit a speed bump. Um, maybe you'll come up against an obstruction, and you have to detour. Sometimes there's storms we have to journey through. And speaking for myself, sometimes you can get a little lost and lose your way. Uh, and that reminds me of something I heard a long time ago. Uh, two people are driving in a car, and the passenger goes to the driver, hey, are we lost? The driver says, nope. As long as I've got gas, we are not lost. We'll just keep moving forward. So I guess that's just going to be the trick. Don't run out of fuel and keep moving forward. Seems like all I could see was the struggle. Those that lived in my past Bound up in shackles of all my failures Wondering how long is this gonna Then you look at this prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting a fight that's already been won. I am redeemed. You've set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains Wipe away every stain I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed All my life I have been called unworthy by the voice of my shame and regret. But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. I am redeemed. set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains wipe away every stain now I'm not who I used to be because I don't have to be the old man inside of me his days long 
because I've got a new name, a new life, I'm not the same, and hope that will carry me home. I am redeemed. You've set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. You've set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. Oh God, I'm not who I used to be. Jesus, I'm not who I used to be. Because I am redeemed. Thank God. Say amen. amen. I don't think we'll get tired of seeing or hearing Joe, do you? <laughs> Scripture lesson this morning does come from Matthew. It's probably a familiar passage to most of us. Understand that Matthew was a tax collector. <clears throat> tax collectors weren't always looked on favorably because one of the things that tax collectors did in Jesus' day would they collected more than what they were supposed to and kept that for themselves. Now we know people that can tend to do that even in this 21st century. But Matthew was one of those individuals that... Um, was appointed by the Roman government to collect taxes, and they were permitted to take uh, money for themselves, but some took more than they were supposed to, and he's one of those. You remember Zacchaeus and the song Zacchaeus? He was one of those that also took more than he was supposed to, and so um, Matthew, uh, Jesus called to be his disciple, and he followed and so he had to change some of his habits. He had to change some of his ways if he was going to follow Jesus and, and to be honest and to be sincere. And I think in some respects, Jesus calling someone who wasn't completely honest to be a disciple should tell us a couple of things. One, we should never give up on people. Don't ever give up on somebody. Just keep being God to them. And hopefully they'll see that one day and they'll be able to say, like Matthew, I became a follower. And it also says that we all make mistakes. And we all 
mess up sometimes in our spiritual lives. But God invites us to come back and to be a part of his discipleship, to be a part of one of his members, to be a part of our stale friends. He keeps inviting us back. No matter how many mistakes we make, the love and the grace of Jesus just doesn't run out. And it sure didn't for Matthew and his disciples. So Matthew chapter 9 Verses 9 through 13. And this is just the calling of Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner with, at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came. Many ta- oh, yeah, and, and excuse me. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came. Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call the righteous and not sinners. Friends, we're looking at friends and relationships this morning. Understand that Jesus didn't hold prejudices. He loves each of those disciples. And many of those people that he had relationships with. And he loves each of us who are in this room or who are watching this morning. And throughout his life he continued to make new friends. Establish new relationships with various kinds of people. His ministry changed lives for those who hadn't been following him. And even for those who were. Because they drew closer. He touched the lives of tax collectors, of thieves, of prostitutes, of sinners. It changed people's lives. One reason, because he had relationships. He made them his friend. And he loves you and he desires to do that for each of us. I know during this time of the pandemic, it's more difficult to make connections with people. I know it's more difficult to find new friends, to make friends, but there are people who need us. There are people who are lonely, who aren't as involved as they used to be because of the pandemic. And they need us. They need you to be God to them, to be a friend to them. I've got some pictures this morning And I hope I can do this. This is my first time to use this iPad uh, like this. So we'll see if I can do it. Okay. We'll go back up to the top picture. Jesus. Walking with his disciples. Just on a little journey making connections with them. Friends gathered in someone's home. 
praying, studying the Bible. Ah, some of our own friends gathering in somebody's home, doing some good things together. Some of our youth and children, when they went on the trip down to Lazy Five Ranch, supporting, encouraging each other. Yeah, they fed the animals too, but just a time together of fellowship. Here's a great picture of a couple years ago of the team when we did the um, feeding of the packing of the meals. I don't remember if this was the 10,000 meal packing event or the 20,000 meal packing event, but it's one of those events. And this is, can you guess when that was? Christmas, that's right, when we gathered as Quaker men and Quaker ladies and we wrapped presents for one another, helping other people, friends, building relationships, to be stronger in Christ, to find encouragement and to find hope. Jesus became friends, especially with those 12 disciples. He chose to build a close relationship with them. They had various backgrounds, fishermen, tax collectors, a doctor, a revolutionist. Jesus continued throughout his life to build relationships with people. He welcomed children, remember? He became friends with Zacchaeus. Remember, he stopped at his that tree and he said, I'm going to your house today. He ate with sinners, stopped and visited with a blind beggar and healed him, spoke with a paralytic man that was lowered down through the ceiling and spent time talking to him and healed him. He healed a man named Legion who was filled with demons. He met Nicodemus at night, who was a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin. He spent time making connections with people. He was sharing a new way to share God's love. You don't just have to come to the temple, but when you go to the temple, you go out into the world beyond the walls and share the love of Christ. Jesus spent time making connections with those who needed a cure, who needed love, who needed forgiveness, who needed grace, opportunity to share the gospel and build relationships with others. It's been said that it's not the number of candles on your birthday cake that matter, but it's more important how many cards or how many friends you have that send you cards or telephone calls. And with today's technology, you could say all the sharing that goes on or all the media information you get from people, messages on your phone. It's not the number of candles. Who are the unwanted, the undeserved, the unloved, the deprived in our neighborhood, your neighborhood, that needs a friend? 10, 15 minutes, needs a day, needs a helping hand, needs strength or guidance, or just someone to talk to. We should learn from Jesus' example to continue to establish relationships all through our life, new relationships. And finding new friends. Establishing close relationships is easier for some people 
than it is for others. I understand that. It has been proven that you're going to live longer when you have healthy relationships. We are made in the image of God, it says in Genesis 1-7. So God created man in his own image. The image of God he created in him. Male and female he created them. So God created us for fellowship. He created us to be able to reach out and touch others. To meet the needs of one of the other. The scriptures indicate time and time again, God through Christ desires a relationship with each of us. And so we have that innate desire in us to have a relationship with the people in this room beyond this wall and with God. And in Genesis 1.18, we read these words, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. So Jesus constantly sought a relationship and God has made it possible for us to seek and find that with others. One's heart, mind, and soul requires connections. We are built for relationships. And that's not always easy. Again, because some of us find it easier to have friends than others. But just keep working at it. Jesus, remember, had 12 close friends. And then he continued to build relationships. Just as a Porsche needs a human to make it work and to go down the road, we need one another. We need someone to help engage us, to help drive us, to help motivate us, to provide hope and grace for others. Building relationships is taking the initiative to get to know someone beyond the acquaintance stage for the purpose of strengthening that individual. And it strengthens yourself. Jesus was a character builder, and he consistently established relationships with people. A, to help them, and B, to change their lives. We all need someone who helps push us to be a greater person, become more than we believe we've ever been before. Jesus was a character builder who continued to expand his network of friends and connections. The backgrounds were insignificant to Jesus. His connections was with a variety of people possessing different habits, different characters, different education, and social status. And I share this example not for my own benefit, but about three years ago there was a, a man who called here. His name is Ken, and he lives in Lower High Point. He lives with his mother and he lives with his brother. He needed financial assistance and he needed physical help also. He was receiving a Pell Grant so he could get an education and begin working again. He's been here to worship a few times. But he's quite unique in the way that when we loan him some money, we've done that several times here at Our Stale Friends, or I have, through the Mercy Fund. We've given him some finances to help. He always pays it back. I've never come across an individual who does that. When you give him something, it's basically from an institution, he pays it back. And we formed a relationship over these three years of trust, of confidence in each other. 
Now, we haven't helped him every time, or I haven't helped him every time, but there's a trust that has been built. And when he calls, I know he needs something. It's just not something that he's asking for, hoping to get, because he needs it. He needs love. He needs encouragement. He needs forgiveness, and he needs hope. Throughout our lives, we all meet people. Some we connect with better than others. Not everyone's going to be your best friend. And not everyone you meet will travel the same road with you forever. You know, some people are more like intersections. You just meet them for a short period of time. While others just run the road with you all your life. They're there forever. And God is going to be there with you forever. He's not going to leave you deserted stranded we might leave him but he's not going to leave us he's right there with you we need both kinds of relationships those people that just kind of crossed our paths for a while maybe you help them but maybe they help you and then we need those people that run with us all of our life maybe that's your spouse maybe that's a friend you met in high school that just stayed with you but whenever God gets introduced into your life Friends, he's a friend forever. In all cases of our relationships, make sure you honor the Lord. Don't do something that you're going to regret. Don't be so vulnerable that you become susceptible to doing something immoral. Respect your body and love the Lord. Honor him. Jesus made it a continual priority to build relationships with people to strengthen their connection with God and with one another. Even from the cross, he forgave the man. Remember the thief? So he demonstrated multiple ways of people being meeting at intersections. He provided food. He forgave them. He loved them. He taught lessons to them and invited them to come and be a part of his team, just as he invites all of us to be part of his team. Sometimes he pointed out their mistakes, but only to make them stronger. In today's text, Jesus was dining in the house of a tax collector, Matthew, and sinners and disciples were there. It was probably Matthew's house. You know, he had just asked Matthew to follow him. And a few verses later, in Matthew chapter 9, no, yeah, we find that the Pharisees, the religious people, were constantly trying to trap Jesus. And so they decided to ask his disciples. Now, you know, you don't always ask the person what kind of person they are or what are they about. And so the Pharisees, wanting to trap Jesus, they asked those followers of Jesus, well, what kind of person is he? What's he really like? What's he really like on the inside? And they finally ask, well, why in the world does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus heard him ask that question. He heard that. And so then he responds, it's not the healthy who needs a doctor but the sick. See, Jesus knew that the Pharisees were sick spiritually. They weren't where they needed to be. 
So he just says, look, I don't come for the healthy. You think you're healthy, but you're really not. They didn't realize that, but Jesus said, I only come for the sick. But go and learn what this means, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. So being a follower of Christ in today's time, in an unchristian world, it's not always easy, friends. But it's of prime importance if you want to build the church to be that follower, to be that disciple, to be loving and forgiving, but also pointing and directing. You know, in Dale Carnegie's words, he said, we need to win friends and influence people. And I would add for Christ here in the church. Because if we don't, who will? So just spend some time with Jesus each and every day and allow his love and his grace to fill you so it can continue to spill over. There's no doubt that 12 disciples had to be uncomfortable when they followed Jesus, especially when Jesus went into a tax collector's house where there were some Pharisees. Can you imagine They weren't on the same intellectual level as the Pharisees. And how Jesus continued to challenge them to be better people for God. It had to be difficult sitting in a house where there were sinners. Now, tax collectors, they've been one. But yet now they were following Jesus. And he was asking them to be a part of that group. Could you imagine what was going through their mind? how difficult it was. No doubt this challenged their ability, their confidence, and even their faith. But they carried on. They didn't give up. They didn't stop. Building relationships requires extending mercy, forgiveness, and love to the hurting and to those who need help. I truly believe these words of Christ are true today. When he told his disciples, I tell you to open your eyes. Look at the fields because they are ripe for harvest. People need to hear God from you and I. Let me see if I can get this to come back up. People supporting one another, and praying for each other. Jesus, bringing people onto his lap, he wants to do that with all of you. I remember a few years ago when we were down in Haiti, and um, it was a missionary team from here. Uh, I can't remember how many there were, eight or ten, maybe twelve of us that went on the time that I went down there. And I couldn't find a picture. I looked for it. But in one of the pictures that um, I had taken, uh, one of our members, it happened to be Janie Stinnett, was holding one of the Haitian boys on her lap. And I parallel that with this. That little boy was clinging to her, and she was just holding him and offering compassion and love and guidance. And that's what Christ wants to give to all of us. Sometimes we all need to sit on his lap and just be filled with his spirit. 
so it's overflowing. This was our chili supper. <laughs> they made the chili together. So encouraging, supporting each other. Not sure about that sombrero there, but, um, but yet at the same time, they were part of the fellowship of the whole group that was there, just not those two. I know the money, hands in the money pot. Don't worry about that part. HS is at the point where he needs some help sometimes. And one of the other Quaker men stepped up and helped him. I love this picture. It's one of my favorites. Jesus just sitting down on a park bench, offering himself to someone else, providing guidance. Sometimes that's all it takes from us, friends. Just a little time, whether it's on a park bench, across the booth at a restaurant, a telephone call, front porch conversation, especially in today's times, just spending some time offering hope and offering encouragement to those that need it. Maybe there's someone here this morning that needs encouragement. I hope you'll receive what God has for you today. And just let him penetrate and fill your heart. The fields are ripe for harvest. Let's open our eyes and see how we can help one another. William Barclay, a Quaker theologian, wrote, More people have brought been brought into the church by kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. Someone needs to befriend those that don't know the love of God with the love of God that's in their own heart. Build bridges, trust, provide confidence, and forgive. Forgiveness extended is to be an intimate number of times. Yes, Jesus had close friends. John and James and Peter and Lazarus and Martha and Mary Magdalene. But he also had his hand in the community. Building relationships and offering God to the woman at the well. The one caught in adultery. The blind beggar. Legion who was filled with demons. And Nicodemus who came to him at night. Be God's agents in the world. Be inspirational in the way you share his message. Dale Carnegie also said, you can make more friends in two months by being interested in them than you can in two years having them being interested in you. Show an interest in them and their spiritual lives. One thing Jesus did not allow was prejudice to affect his reaching out in establishing relationships. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from, what race or political flavor you may be, Jesus willingly and consistently shared love and forgiveness to those in need. So what are you doing today to establish new relationships with people? How are you influencing people for God? How are you influencing people to build his church? Jesus told again Zacchaeus, who was doing something wrong, 
I'm going to your house today. Jesus had a sinner-friendly attitude to influence others for God, to make a difference in building the kingdom. So let's introduce, maybe to some new people, a greater love, a greater faith, and let's make the community shine greater for Christ. You can help change people through relationships at the Y, at the grocery store, and places where you eat. Even on the telephone in conversations. Jesus had compassion that preceded traditions. He set a new pattern, teaching a new behavior, a new way to love, to forgive, to offer grace. And he proved to the Pharisees that relationships are more important than structures and policies. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. He spoke to a Samaritan at the well. And he healed a man who couldn't make it down to the pool. He set the example of going out of one's way to meet the needs of others. Jesus, thank you for coming and meeting us where we are. Responding to our needs, spiritual, physical, emotional. You've supplied those needs that we have. And now we are your hands and feet in the world. To reach people beyond these walls. To give to people the things that they need spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Help us to be your support. Help us to share your love and grace. Thank you for these people at Archdale Friends that love you and care about you and are extending their hands to help others. So bless our ministry. 
and may it touch the lives of those who need it. Thank you, God, for always being with us. Now give us the power and the strength and the courage to be your people, even more so in the world today. In thy name we pray, amen.